0: It's going to be a very, very intense
1: journey.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Frame Skip Podcast. Playing it fast and loose this week. No BS, no frills. I'm Seth Lakehouse with Austin Eller and George Loftus. Gentlemen, how are we doing this week? Woo! That's how I'm doing. Yeah,
0: yeah. B B plus, B plus. (laughs) B plus? Yeah, B plus.
2: What's holding you back from the A?
0: Um... The limitations of my own body and uh, the slow march of time.
3: And gravity, gravity as well is really holding me back.
0: Gravity is a big fuck you lately, yeah.
2: Let
3: me tell you something. Not the movie, not the movie, just to be clear.
2: Higher, higher standards for yourself, All right. I wake up at 3am every day. I run a 28 hour day. You know how I do that? By working four hours harder than everybody else. (laughs)
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like this. I love
2: this. This. I love this new era of motivational speakers. Right, where they're just like they say most ridiculous nonsense. Like you know what's harder than making a million dollars? A hundred thousand dollars.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord! Well, I'm glad uh, to know that you're doing that, Seth. That's great. I'm glad to hear that you're doing that because not all of us are strong enough. For that, yeah. that kind of mental, you know, fortitude
2: that you've got mm-hmm. there. But I mean, um, I did, I did send you guys the video of Conor McGregor hitting the punching machine, and with proof that I, I scored at least fifty points higher than him.
0: You did, you did do that. You did. I mean,
2: that. hey, is Conor McGregor a champion only because I didn't step into the ring? Maybe that's a, it's a, it's a conversation to be had at this point. The numbers don't lie. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I I think if I hit one of those things, I'd probably get like a five
3: out of like standards. several hundred or whatever it is. So
2: maybe five I could like hit my head hundred.
3: against it. Maybe that's maybe I could do that.
2: I really want to go back and like just mess with it, but it's a dollar per punch, and I- yikes, dude, that's yeah. expensive. Yeah, I know, but it's worth it, man. It's really fun. It's fun to just crack something as hard as you can, you know, just... Yeah, it's good. Good stuff. Good stuff. Awesome. How are you been, buddy? What, what's I'm good. With you?
3: I'm good. Um, Nothing really too new going on, you know, just kind of hanging in there. It's been a busy few weeks uh, nice. at the office. So looking forward to wrapping up this year, getting to the, the Christmas wow. season, giving <laughs> some gifts. Yeah, uh, you- receiving some gifts for sure. Looking forward yeah. to that. <laughs>
0: nice.
3: So, yeah. yeah, it's going good. It's going good. Hanging in there. I put up a uh a video on the FrameSkip channel that I'm really proud of the the Godzilla yeah. minus one review, which has been absolutely blowing up. It did really good. It did by. really good. Yeah. What's, uh, what's the hit count now? It's at like three and a half thousand views. Damn, so, guy!
2: what
0: you?
3: Yeah. So I'm 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 really happy with that, and we'll certainly continue to make uh, videos on the FrameSkip channel moving forward. But yeah, that's that, that kind of took up some of my time last week. Was jumping back into that, and I'm excited. It's been it's been years since I've put out like a video like that. I mean, I think the last time was on my own personal channel, probably like six years ago at this point. So
2: yeah, I think every time we've done um, individual content for the channel like that, it's done pretty well. I, th- I yeah. think that. It's definitely something we should pursue. It just takes it takes a little more effort than takes like time. the podcast. You know? Yeah, it does. It does. Um, I really, I really enjoy making content like that. It's just I despise editing down to like my very core of my soul. That's the thing. I love and it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like in a past life, I was tortured to death with by editing, and then just like an absolute repulsion from it. You know, I just like mm-hmm. can't do it. Can't do it. Not my thing. So. All right. Well, before we jump into the main meat and potatoes of the show, let's answer a a question from Alden. First things first. Wait, was it was this the question from Alden, or did you did you did was was this was what you typed? This is the question. Okay. This is the question for Alton. <laughs> okay, thank you for directing the show. <laughs> Before you get rolling on your planned topics, have you guys heard about the completionist charity fraud accusations and thoughts, please? Pedro has been having some spicy takes. So I haven't actually talked to Pedro about this too much because um, he, he's he been getting very angry about this. And um, he texted me the other day about it. And I, all I said was, yeah, I'm following this situation too. haha." And then I went and saw his Twitter feed and I was like, wow, he's, he's been really, going hard on Twitter on this. You really are. You really are passionate about this. Yes. Um, m- my take is that I'm not an accountant, but I find it suspect at the very least. Right. Like, from what I understand, he, he sat on these funds for 10 years, um, was interviewed and told about what's going on and asked. And, and he confirmed that they haven't donated the money. Then he continued to do more to charity streams where he said they donated the money. And then um, it was only after they got called out that immediately he's like, oh, you'll be, we donated it. And I'm like, mm, I don't know. It doesn't pass the smell test. You know, if this was a if this was a thing of milk. And I smelled it, wouldn't be drinking it. it I'm going
3: to be honest, I, I haven't really kept up with this. I mean, I kind of understood the original situation, but I know there was that development this past week or two where he came out and was like, no, we've we donated everything. And here are the receipts. Yeah, but I haven't really looked into that. So I, I don't I, frankly, I, I don't want to comment on it because I, I really don't know. Just from my viewpoint, how I feel about it. From just a lack of knowledge, from pure ignorance standpoint, but it is interesting uh, to say the least.
0: I watched the apology video from that guy. I'm not like the biggest completionist fan. I feel like a lot of YouTubers are just kind of like various Tumblr pages come to life, and I don't love that. I really like the the more subtle, discreet ones, and like I, I don't count us with that because like we're not like I know what this is on YouTube, but like we're not like YouTube content creators. It's really just like a hosting platform. But, like, the amount of people who just like try to make jokes, I'm like, man, you're just like fucking not funny. Like, just shut up and just like talk about this 32 year old video game that I'm kind of interested in hearing about. That's like why I'm here. I watched his apology video without like fully understanding it because I guess it all stemmed from like a tweet, right? That some random dude threw where he was just kind of like exploring tax documents, I guess, for whatever it reason. You do on a it wasn't a
2: tweet. He made like a, like, a 15 minute video like going over this and then he um he interviewed the completionist himself in in a call and explained what he found and the completionist confirmed that like yeah he knew that they hadn't donated it yet and then uh that's kind of that's kind of where it went
0: um I don't know I I I'm sympathetic towards the dude based on his apology video but like I, I calling it an apology video it seems like too generic like his explanation video but like I've also never had that amount of money and like it does seem kind of scary to like hey, how do you want to spend it was like what like six hundred thousand dollars or something?
2: Yeah, it was a lot of money.
0: Yeah, so it's like, hey, how do you wanna spend this money? It's like, ah, it's a lot of fucking money. That's like everything we've raised ever, you know? Yeah. So it's like I I'm sympathetic to the idea of like being cautious and making sure it goes to a good cause because like a lot of charities and like a lot of foundations. Uh, do a really good job of paying themselves, but not a great job of, um, I guess, like putting their totally donated funds to, to good use. So I understand the caution, but at the same time, like that really just kind of makes the uh, the completionist seem like one of those people who like you know you donate money to and like you don't know if it goes to a good cause. Um, I don't know. It, it involves like a dead parent, so like I'm I'm trying to be like sensitive because like this is obviously something that seem, in what is important to him. Um,
2: yeah, I think the things that he has going in his favor for me are like, it wasn't his personal account. Right. He had all this money in the charity account and I don't understand what the fraud allegations would be. Right. It's like, you can't really do anything with it that benefits you at that point. So I don't, but also on the other hand, I'm like, why didn't you just donate it, man? Like, why did it take you getting called out to donate it right after that? But but again, like I'm not an accountant. Maybe there was some sort of like fraud loophole he could have pulled, but I don't know about it. You know, that's the only thing I'll say is like, just from a, you know,
3: logistical standpoint, it's weird that, you know, these allegations came out that he didn't donate the money, which apparently was true. Right. Yeah. Like that was pretty much confirmed that he did not. Has now. But like what, what was the point of holding on to the money if you were going to donate it anyway and, and not spend it? I don't know. Maybe he was spending it and he, you know, took some money out of his personal finance to, to make up for the rest. But at that point, it's like, what? I I don't know. I I just, I don't know enough about the situation. It doesn't really, I I kind of agree with you, Seth, like something doesn't totally seem right. But at the same time, I'm like, at the end of the day, I guess he did donate it. So it's just why, why did it take, somebody calling it's, you out
0: it's that i also like i don't know enough about charity work like i, I do volunteer stuff but like yeah. it's not it's clearly not like the same thing as this but, like i don't know the difference between giving because he, he does these fundraisers like once a year twice a year whatever it is and this is going back a while so like i don't know the difference in like significant pushes that you could make in the field that he wants to study because it was like something related with dementia right for his for his mother
2: yeah like, i think so is,
0: if there's a difference between giving $40,000 one year and $600,000 every couple years, like, I don't know, you know, like if that, if that is more significant for, um, for research and for like, actually like moving the, the needle, like I, I'm not qualified to say that. So, yeah. uh, I don't know, but I mean, he also, it seems like he, uh, actually donated. So maybe everyone can get off his dick. I don't, I don't
2: know. Well, as far as I understand, he is getting audited. This made enough waves. He's getting audited. So, I mean, it, that that that'll come up. You know, with whatever it needs. So, so I, I don't know. It seems like a honestly, man. Here, here's the thing. At the end of the day, I really, I, I don't care. It's you know, it's I didn't. I, I never pay, paid attention to the completionist before. I didn't pay attention to him when he was on G four. I don't care now either. You know, it's like, I hope he's doing something good with the money, but I'm no. not. Like, I'm not like a completionist fan or anything. Yeah, and, yeah,
3: I don't disagree with you.
2: And it it doesn't it doesn't seem to me like, from my very very limited knowledge of like finance, that he could have done anything with the money anyway that was you know egregious. But like I said, maybe there could have been some loophole. I don't know. Uh-huh. All right. Well. Now that that negative Nancy topic is out of the way, thanks, Alden. Um, Austin, what have you been up to these these past two weeks, three weeks? I don't remember how long it's been since we recorded. I don't even know two weeks.
3: I know it's. I think it's only been two weeks, but it feels like it's been a month. I don't know why. Yeah. But um, yeah, man, I uh, I'm trying to think exactly what all I've had going on. I I don't think I had done this before the last episode. I know I had beaten Alan Wake Two, but I went back and platinumed Alan Wake Two. I don't think I had I had done that uh, before the, the previous episode of the podcast. So I did that. Um, and then, frankly, I kind of got burned out a little bit from games. Like, I just, I don't know, after rushing through Spider-Man 2, you know, pounding that out, like, in a week, getting that platinum, and then immediately jumping into Alan Wake 2, I just kind of needed a break.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And sure. so I started playing Alan Wake 1 Remastered, and i think i mentioned that on the the last episode but it just it it's not the right time for that for me you know after going through a bunch of story based games in a row it just it it wasn't working for me and i don't think it was necessarily the game it was just the mood i was in so um you guys are going to find this very amusing i after some discussion with coworkers about this game i decided to download fortnite ooh Nice. Yeah.
0: Uh, so, sorry. the The original or the new Lego one?
3: Well, it's all in the same. It's like all the oh, same okay. thing. Yeah. So it's it's all when you download Fortnite, the Lego stuff, the new Rocket League uh, racing game, and the new rhythm game that is made by Harmonix. It's all in the same download. So it's all just in in base Fortnite now. But that was part of why I downloaded it. So they announced, and it's all out now. There are three new, basically standalone games running off Unreal Engine five that are within the Fortnite launcher. One of them is a Lego uh, Fortnite game, which is essentially like a like a Valheim, like Minecraft style survivor game set in like a Lego world where you're running about around, like collecting food and wood and crafting pickaxes. And, you know, if you've ever played a survival game, you kind of know the ordeal, but they released that. They released a um, Psyonix, the developers of Rocket League. They released a racing game using the Rocket League cars and like kind of set in that universe, also standalone game within Fortnite. And then finally, Harmonix, who made Rock Band, released a rhythm game that is straight up Rock Band, has real licensed music within the Fortnite engine. And so they released all this stuff this past week. I'm not exactly sure why, because I'm still totally new to this game. I don't know why all that released all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. But that was kind of what drew me into it, was seeing all all that was coming. And so I've been messing around with all those modes. I'd say the rhythm one is the one I've messed with the least. But the the LEGO mode, Andy and I have been playing a ton of together. She's a big like Minecraft person, and so um, we've really enjoyed playing that together. One of my favorite things, by the way, about that is that you can create a server like a save and the host of the game doesn't have to be online for other people to log on and and play on that server and like continue building up the world. Okay. And so it's it's pretty nice because like we'll play together but you know I may jump off and go do something else. She can continue playing on my save on her Switch. She's actually doing it right now. She's on our on our save that technically I made on my my PS5. So Really cool. I wish every survival game did that. It's a really nice little feature. And um, the rocket racing game is awesome. I'm really enjoying it. I haven't really played a racing game in a while, and that one's kind of scratching the edge. But I will say finally, my final note here is that aside from all those, I did try jumping into the Battle Royale stuff, which I never really did. I played the game for like maybe 45 minutes, like four or five years ago when it came out. And it just didn't work for me. I, the the building stuff, kids building these like Empire State buildings in Fortnite, like while they're fighting simultaneously, that's just a no for me. I, I just could not do that. So I wasn't a fan, but probably about a year ago now, they added in the no build mode, which is just a straight no frills, like PUBG style battle royale mode. And it's excellent. I really, really like it. So I was kind of shocked. I, I, you know, I've kind of turned down Fortnite for years. I've been like, oh, I'm never gonna play that. Like, I'm never gonna play the game that has Eminem and All Might and Solid Snake all in one game. Goku. Goku. Um yeah. Peter Griffin now. But yeah. um I admittedly, I think it's actually a really good game after trying it. I, I think that the the build stuff still just is not for me. I could never play the build Battle Royale, but the no build stuff I actually really enjoy. So that's kind of what I've been focusing on. I just needed something like a palette cleanser and that game's really been been fitting that for me.
0: Those so, videos from back in the day where people were just like building staircases up to heaven basically while also yeah. maintaining yeah. like a third person shooter just fucking insane. Like I can't oh, yeah. believe that, that was like <laughs> such a popular game that was that ridiculous incredible stuff.
2: Yeah. So it's a- it's actually funny that you um bring this up because It was probably around a year ago that um, I downloaded Fortnite on my phone and and played it a little bit. And I had a I still have the um, Razer Kishi controller Mm -hmm. attachment. Yeah. And dude, the difference that attachment makes in video games like competitive shooters is disgusting. I mean, I was able to like clean house in, (laughs) in Fortnite with that because other people were using, like, touch controls, and they're, they're so inaccurate and, like, and like crappy, but it, you put a controller on it, I'm, like, just icing everyone. Um, and I enjoyed what I played of it. What, what I will say is... Um, it never... It never, like... Well, there was never a doubt in my mind that Fortnite wasn't good, considering how popular it was. Yeah, right? for sure. They, 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 at, at some point, you just have to, like given to it. It's just like the the nature of Fortnite that I'm I just it it drives me away, right? Mm-hmm. I don't I don't necessarily want to play a game where Peter Griffin is fighting Spider-Man and I just <laughs> you know, it, 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 the art An style M&M. of Fortnite is is, is kind of gross to me. Yeah. Um what I will say is I I respect them for just going for it, man. They're like what else can we add to this bad boy? Like let's just pack his thing as much as yeah. full content as possible. And they're not just adding the skins for these characters. Like, you can launch a Kamehameha wave mm-hmm. in Fortnite or like swing webs with Spider Man. And like, it's just chaos over there in Fortnite land. And, and remember, like, like was it like a year or two ago? They just blew up the, the whole map in Fortnite. Like, they ended it yep. for like two days. Yep. Yeah. They're just having fun over there. Like, just doing nonsense. I mean, I, I, is it out of the realm of possibility that Godzilla shows up in Fortnite? I don't think so. No, no, but that's the thing, like, the Fortnite,
0: it sucks because it is, like, a mechanically sound game. I just think, like, as a concept, it's become so fucking gross. Like, yeah. the fact that it is just, like, a marketing device for all these different brands. Sure. There was some news article this week about, like, someone from Epic being like, yeah, we're still working on getting Nintendo stuff someday. And it's like, man, fuck you. Like, like leave something separate, leave something alone, leave something just let, let it be, you know. Yeah. And like, I understand that like it's fundamentally not that different than Smash Brothers having Pac Man and and Solid Snake and Captain Falcon and all this shit going on. But like, it it is different. And like, I hate to sound well, like the Supreme Court when defining pornography. It's like I don't know what it is, but I know <laughs> it when I see it. You know. And there's something different about Mario Kart having Link and having the Animal Crossing villager and Smash Brothers having. I don't know, fucking Joker and Cloud. There's something fundamentally different from that than seeing Peter Griffin fight Aquaman and someone throw a Captain America shield because that was like a free bonus or whatever. You know, like it's just Or Rick and Morty
3: is, fighting Black Panther. Like yeah. It, it,
0: it is it is different, right? <laughs> I'm not crazy. No, you
3: know, I think it, it it's is, it's it's absurd. I mean it's it's Smash Brothers on drugs to the absolute extreme um but yeah i mean i don't know it doesn't really bother me it is kind of nuts but i i will say like i said i think the game actually plays really well i think at least on ps5 there's like a 120 uh, hertz mode which is great runs at 120 frames and um it's just super super smooth so but yeah I, i don't disagree that the marketing is obviously like the reason it's so popular at this point still is because there are all these characters and admittedly like Another part of the reason I I decided to boot it up is because they announced that Snake is being added next month, and I'm like, well, that's pretty cool. So I guess I kind of got sucked into the trap too. But I like it so far. Um, first thing I did though was turn off voice chat. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear six year olds on the the dual sense that has the mic on automatically. So
0: <laughs> that was pretty dangerous. Giving every Yes, a microphone. Yes,
3: yeah. so that's really all I've been up to. Um, you know, like I said, watch Godzilla minus one. Go check out my review of that. I did also watch the new Studio Ghibli movie, The Boy and the Heron. I'm gonna have a review coming out on that, hopefully within the next couple of days.
0: It's um, how how many emotions did you have after that movie? Like how full of feelings were you? Um. Hmm. Pretty full. Like is. Is it more like Graves of the Fireflies, or is it more like My Neighbor Totoro?
3: Ooh, I would put it more akin to Totoro.
0: Oh, thank God. Okay, cool. That's great news.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there's certainly some sad sequences, but I will tell you, and I'll you know talk about this in my review, but actually the main thing I walked out of that movie feeling, George, was confusion. Oh. <laughs> there's... The, the plot is good, but it, it wants you to read between the lines a little more than I'd like. There were times where it jumped here and there, and actually both Andy and I were like, I couldn't keep up with what it was trying to say. But I don't know. It's getting stellar reviews, which is interesting. But I still think it's good. It's still worth seeing. So
0: this is we were talking about this in our group text the other day, where it's just like, yeah, these fucking old masters come back and still show us, yeah, what it means to make a movie. Like we were talking about Scorsese and shit, yeah. and how he can shit on Marvel movies all he wants. I don't give a fuck. He's right. Um, he's earned the right <laughs> to shit on other movies. <laughs> and I feel like uh, Miyazaki, whether this is his last movie or not, I kind of doubt it is. I don't think it is. I think I think the dude, even though he's ten thousand years old, still has like two to three more in him. But yeah, okay. just shows just shows up and lets you know what's fucking what. Just drops it on the table, shows it to you. You know,
2: am I crazy though, or did I imagine a story like five or ten years ago that Studio Ghibli had shut down? I swear to they, God that happened.
3: They did not shut down. I, I don't think there was ever any point where they shut down. But Miyazaki, ten years ago when The Wind Rises came out, was like, "Yeah, I'm done. I'm not doing anymore." Mm. Then of course we get this movie, but it was uh, they couldn't get anybody to buy or or anybody to pick up his work. So they actually sold the studio to a third party company. That may be what you're thinking yeah.
0: of. Oh, uh, yeah, I remember. I think like Disney was like really trying to get it.
2: Thank God that did and not. They happen.
0: were like, they were like, no,
2: no, that's OK. Interesting. Yeah. All right, George, what are you up to? I can't remember if I told you guys I platinum
0: Battlefield Bad Company Two got that done before the servers went down. And I had a great time, man. Like, just finding, like, a bunch of other nerds. It was such a pain in the ass to, like, log in at the same time and, like, get placed in the same match. So half the time I'd be with people and we could just, like, deliberately boost each other to get what we needed to get the Platinum. Other times you would just load into a game of, like, Conquest with, like, level 50 people who would clearly put hundreds and if not thousands of hours into the game. And then you just play, like, a legitimate match of Conquest. And it is amazing how much that game holds up all these years later. Um, I had a blasting that. I also played Mirror's Edge Catalyst because there were two online trophies for that.
2: Yeah.
0: And so that was also shutting down. I didn't play... I played some of the first Mirror's Edge games. That was like a 360 game back when I was like decided, oh, I want to play more than just shooters. I didn't uh, love it at the time. So I was kind of not looking forward to Mirror's Edge Catalyst, but I didn't want to not be able to get the Platinum because I didn't get these two trophies. And I'm playing through it now, and, like, the story's great. The world is great. The movement is a little awkward just because of the controller setup. But, like, I'm pretty sure I could change that if I really wanted to. But I feel like I just learned what they want me to do, so I'm going to give it some more time. And I think, it's, I think it's really good. I don't understand why I got shit on so much. Like, it really feels like a lot of people being like, yeah, they're kind of sellouts for this uh, fucking second album. Their first album was so much better. Like, it feels like that was the criticism for, for Catalyst. So I might go back and research what the reviews were saying at the time just to see what people's criticisms really were. But I did that. Play this little indie game called Dredge where you play as like a little fishing boat in this weird Lovecraftian horror world and you have to go out and every movement you do speeds up the clock and shit gets real dangerous at nighttime. Interesting. But it's kinda like um you know in Resident Evil Four how you had to like rearrange all the items in your in mm-hmm. your suitcase? It's basically that with fish and you're trying to pay off your debt. So it's a little Animal Crossing, although paying off the debt isn't that tough. Then you can upgrade your boat and you just hunt this weird shit and you get slowly braver. It's like a really chill game. If you guys I don't know if you're like me where you do just like to have a glass or four of wine and sit on the couch and just kind (laughs) of unwind. But it is a perfect I don't want to think game. I know you're talking about Fortnite. That's a little bit more social than this is.
3: I've been playing solo the whole time, aside from the oh, right. Lego stuff with Andy. <laughs> nice. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, so I've been doing that. Also, I uh, I grabbed Avatar, and I grabbed Call of Duty: Modern Warfare Three, so I could play with a buddy who just grabbed it because it's cross-platform, and he just bought an Xbox. He's very excited to get into video games. And he wants to play with me. I was like, No, I really like trophies. I need the platinum. And then I totally forgot that, like, it, it doesn't have a platinum trophy, it's just fucking DLC for PlayStation 4. Yeah, so I immediately regret deleting all these games off my hard drive to make space for it. Also, there needs to be like a Geneva convention for these video games where, like, you need to agree about how big your fucking install size is because, like, on a one terabyte hard drive for your shit to be 160 gigabytes, that's like fucking unfathomable. Like, that's it's I feel awful. like almost 20% of the hard drive. Get the fuck out of here, man. It's ridiculous.
3: 90, 100 is like my absolute limit. Like moving to 200. That's no, no, Shrink your game.
0: How big is final fantasy 16? I guarantee that game is better than modern warfare three. And it's unbelievable. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: Let me look that Uh, up for you, George.
0: Thanks buddy. Uh, but yeah, I've been playing avatar. It, it's, it feels like a Ubisoft game, but it looks like the best Ubisoft game ever. I've only played like an hour or two. I don't want to pretend I'm an expert in this game yet, so I'll have more thoughts and opinions. I assume next week we're just kind of, if not our game of the year, like the games we're still thinking about this time of year that we've been playing throughout the year, like the things that have stuck with us, I think that might be a fun thing to do. Um because this game is it feels sticky like it feels like the kind of thing i will come back to i don't know if i'm gonna like sit there and mainline it and get it done within the next three weeks i highly doubt it but i could also just picture myself playing this slowly because the controls are simple and universal enough we're like i'm it's not like the witcher we're like i had to remember how to play the game there's not a whole lot to remember with this game and it is uh absolutely gorgeous so i'm excited to spend more time with it
2: how do you feel about about that franchise in general? About Avatar?
0: Yeah. I, th- I think the first movie was um, amazing. Like a real like, oh shit, this is really cool. Oh, the story. Oh yeah, it's Pocahontas in space. Who gives a fuck? Like it's, you'd never seen anything like it before. It actually made a case for 3D movies at the time. I thought. Yeah, like even seeing it like in, you know, bullshit little Northeast theaters. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was really cool. And then I thought Avatar 2 is like probably like one of the worst Action movies I've seen in the last like ten years. I I'm I so mad at that movie, especially because it was a three hour long movie. I drove all the way to an IMAX theater to see it, and um, there was a movie theater down the street from where we were staying at the time that was playing Babylon, and Babylon also three hours long and like one of my favorite movies I've seen in the last twenty years. So yeah, I re- I kind of regret everything about Avatar too.
2: I almost despise avatar i think like
0: as like a st- like a hype concept
2: i just can't st- i I, for, I didn't like the movie and then, hmm. like people wouldn't stop talking about it and, and then i just grew to despise it and um everyone was like talking about how great it was and i like i don't get it man like it's very generic i think sure like like the, the, the environment's pretty but that only carries me so far like I all the characters are boring i thought you know it was just, this story was kind of lame and uninspired. I just was not, was not too into it. Um, I'm, and I'm like, I, I'm like, I don't understand because it it made zero cultural impact at all. And it's like, come on.
0: No, no. Okay. So like the, I've heard the cultural impact thing before is like, what's that guy's name? Like what's the lead character's name? No one knows the lead character's name. That movie made almost $2 billion. Like I, I totally understand that comment, but at the same time, like, Dude, when I was in college and people were just starting to get PlayStation 3s, they all had two Blu-rays. They had Planet Earth, the BBC version, with Ron Atkinson doing the VO. And they had an Avatar. Like, that was just... That would be like if Batman, the Michael Keaton movie, came out the same day as VHS tapes. You know, and it was just yeah. like, that was the VHS tape you got. And so it was... Like, for all the shit, it's easy to give to Avatar. And it is very easy to give it a lot of shit. I'm not denying that at all. Like it was there's so few ubiquitous pop culture moments and Avatar is absolutely one of them where it was a shared experience that everyone has at least heard of Avatar. And like when like when was the last time that happened? Like even Avengers had like people being anti Avengers, but like oh, sure. I, I feel like everyone went into Avatar with a generally open mind.
2: Yeah. Sure. No, I, I would agree with that. I
3: uh I think it was just known for its visuals. Rather than like the movie itself was kind of what mm-hmm. I that's my opinion at least I mean certainly you would walk into like Best Buy in that area era and every single like display TV display would TV, literally yeah. be on avatar yeah and which I get I mean it's a gorgeous movie and was probably the best looking CG movie at that time but um yeah it's, I just i I think the plot overall like the actual content of that movie is not i I don't disagree with Seth it's not exactly. A oh, great film, sure. in my opinion.
0: A thousand percent, thousand percent. But yeah. it feels, before Avatar 2 came out, I would have been like, oh, it's like Assassin's Creed 2, right? Where like, Assassin's Creed 1, not an awesome game. But Assassin's Creed 2 took what they learned from Assassin's Creed 1 and figured out how to make a more interesting game right. around it. Whereas like, like, AC1 really feels more like a tech demo, like just to see if they could do it. And I was so excited for Avatar 2 because it looks like, okay, man, they spent all these years like building the technology to make this movie easier to make. So, like, now that they don't have to invent the shit as they're doing it, I bet this is going to be better. And, like, it fucking wasn't. I really dislike Avatar 2. And I know I'm <laughs> actually in, like, the minority of that, especially in my friend group. But they're like, oh, man, that third, like, uh, third act battle seems fucking amazing. Like, actually, it's not even in Cameron's, like, top three best choreographed action shits. Like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. But um, I appreciate you trying. Also, a bunch of plot holes in the second one. We don't have to get into it. And I, I saw. I, a whole bunch of shit about avatar three and four today that i'm really not looking forward to but i'm gonna confirm
2: them all the way up to six like he's gonna make six movies yeah yikes let's take it easy well there is
0: there was was an article that came out around the original avatar that was like 2009 right where it was yep referred to james cameron as um hollywood's biggest gamble but also its safest bet And, like, that line has stuck with me for the last 14 years. And that's because, like, every fucking movie he does where he just tries to figure out a way to show you something you'd never seen before. For better or worse, you'd never seen anything like the first Avatar. You'd never seen anything like Titanic. I'd say True Lies, but that was just, like, a really good spy movie. I don't know how much that extends to. And then he took, like, this, you know, really subtle horror masterpiece from Alien and then turned it into a war movie. And, like, made it compelling while also completely disregarding everything that made the first movie special and figured out a new way to make everything special. So like, I think the dude is really impressive. I think he has a talent. The abyss is also fucking awesome. Even though Ed Harris almost died like nine different times filming that. I think he's really talented. I'm always going to give him a shot and where comes to worse. It's like, Oh, I just lost three hours. I've lost three hours doing way dumber shit than seeing a James Cameron movie,
3: which I will say clearly a lot of people feel that way because Avatar 2 2- the box office was like over two billion or something like it still was like one of the highest grossing movies of the past 10 years, which is insane. Because frankly, uh, at least among my friend group, nobody talked about that movie. No, I didn't, so, I didn't know anybody that watched it. I haven't seen it still.
2: All the it boomers didn't. went and saw it. How's that yep. make you feel, Georgie Oldie?
0: Yeah, just me and me and my friends from Bingo, and we <laughs> ate our jujubes at the movie theater.
2: I bet um, Coach saw it three times. <laughs> I bet he did. He's probably watching
3: it right now. That's probably why he's not here.
2: Yep.
0: Uh, Really quick, final thing I've been playing. I've been spending more time on my PS3 just because I fucking love it. Ratchet & Clank All for One. That game is a yeah. multiplayer-focused one that like, I'm playing through. it on single-player, and that game is fucking awesome. I can't believe it I did make more that. of a splash. Back when it came out. If it's on PS Plus streaming, you can play it through basically all of it by yourself. Like I I can't recommend it enough. It's also just like a really good co-op game. And so I use that as a segue because like we got a question from Alden. He says, Uh, George, I just finished getting the plat for the saboteur on PlayStation 3. I had started it way back in like 2014 or 2015, not just trying to copy you. Did that journey to the plat make you temporarily reevaluate what you're doing in life? Because that game kinda of broke me for a bit because of its quirks uh absolutely i i got that platinum two years ago 10 years after starting that game for the first time and uh, i tried to revisit that game i was like i'll just pick up where i left off and i was like fucking no i won't i'm gonna start the game over again that game got that game was really good it was like a pandemic open world shooter kind of like grand theft auto set in like world war ii occupied paris and this is the game where like Oh, it's all black and white, and it's run by Nazis, and so like all you see is like shadows and light, and like the red of like the swastika or whatever. And then you blow up like a Nazi munitions dump and kill thirteen Nazis in this area, and all of a sudden like color would return, and people would start walking the streets, and ha- there would be happiness and stuff. Really like killer idea for a game, but by the end of it, man, you had to like blow up every piece of Nazi paraphernalia that existed on the map, and it didn't matter how banal it was like i killed every nazi that was great felt very cathartic very therapeutic but i had to blow up like a nazi sandbag thing on top of a roof and it's like all right like they don't nazis are bad people but they don't grow from sandbags like that's not where they come from like can we leave this one alone can we leave it up in case the nazis come back and use it to fight them so it got real fucking tedious at the end but overall, I really liked it, and I'm glad I went back to get that platinum. And uh, I'm gonna try to platinum a PS3 game a month going forward, just because.
2: Nice. That's
0: when that's when my backlog started. I don't know about you guys.
2: No, what for a sure. Special era, dude. I think that's my favorite era of PlayStation. Is the PS3? I love the PS3 so much, man. And and, and Sony's underdog victory, right? Where they just they, their backs were against the wall, and they just like started swinging. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and, I, and I love that. I love that Sony Sony era. So all right. Uh as for me, I've been playing uh a, a few games this this past couple of weeks. I feel like I'm losing the fight with uh time though. You know what I'm saying? Like 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 I, I just man, I'm getting frustrated because I feel like I never have enough time to do anything that I want. Yeah. And and I'm and conf- I'm, lo-
0: I'm confused. I thought you were really good at fighting.
3: Oh, I
2: know, it's a surprise. <laughs> you can't um, fight father time father time's winning what's yeah, I'm, I'm i'm fucking drowning over here cuz there's so much like, like like chores and housework that needs done and i i want to play a game so bad but like i like i just i'm lucky if i'm putting in you know like a couple hours a week and it's just it's driving me crazy um that being said i did finish trails in the sky the Third, which you know phenomenal great game really enjoyed it i got to say I need to eat my words a little bit because a couple years ago I came on the podcast and I was like, you know, I can't recommend a uh, trails of cold steel. It's pretty lame, pretty slow, pretty boring. And then I continued to play them. Right. Would have saying a different tune? Had I played the first uh, six games in the series? How many, <laughs> how many hundreds of hours are we talking for those? Um, How many hundreds of hours for like the whole series for the first six that you need to play for. Trolls of Cold Steel. steel. Um, you're you're probably looking at let's let's just say like hundred for the first two, like seventy for the third, and then probably um, like a combined sixty for the next two. So okay, yeah, that's actually could, not all three hundred and fifty hours or so. You know, but like mm. it, it's 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 you have to view the Legend of Heroes series more like a television show. I think where like it's continuing to build. It's continuing to tell like a long form story and it's just constantly building up the world and the characters and whatnot. And it's, it's, it's really rewarding, man. And I'm I'm really enjoying it. So I immediately jumped into the next one, um, which a lot of people think like there's a duology here. Trails from zero and then trails from Azure Um, and pretty good so far really enjoying it The other game I played uh, a little bit this past week um, was lethal company from, with a few guys from work. big fan let me tell you what this is a special game and I wish I had more people that consistently played it because it is very much a I mean this game's not gonna stick around for a long time. I don't think I think it's gonna be very much like a fall guys among us type situation. Where people play this game a lot for like a year and then it probably disappears. But it's very new, very interesting. And if you guys or or you know people in there listening don't know, it's essentially just a scrapping game, a game about scrapping. You go to these different planets and you pick up this scrap metal for this company. But on these different planets, there's these, these different entities that um, will attack you in different ways. And you have to survive and get the stuff back to the ship and, you know, deliver it. But there's all kinds of weird stuff that makes it like, like way harder. There's no maps, right? It's proximity chat. So oh, that's interesting. There's a map back at the ship. So that if you want, if you buy the radios, you can talk on the radios and someone can watch the map while other people are running around in these dark hallways and, um, There's entities like spiders, um, dogs that are blind, that if they hear you talking, they'll come after you and try and kill you. There's like um, spring heads that work like the uh, crying angels from Doctor Who. That's what they're called, right? Like the weeping angels or whatever, where if you look away, they come at you. Mm -hmm. Um, All kinds of really interesting um, entities. And the environments are, are like the inside of these buildings, these hallways, they're all dark, they're procedurally generated, really interesting. But with the I mean the game's just it's really fun because you know, naturally while you're exploring these planets, your buddies will like drift off a little bit. Yeah. And they'll, they'll be in the distance and then you just hear something like, "Oh fuck." And then their 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 voice chat goes silent, right? And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> "Oh my god." <laughs> so you guys have been like purposely using the in-game chat then. Yeah, I mean that's, that's, the, best cool. that's nice. the best way to do it. That's the best way to do it. Cuz I mean it's the game is built that way. It's like yeah. people people used the Discord chats for Among Us, right? But then like they they would cheat cuz you would be in a party of like two or three and you would know the people in your in your Discord right. chat weren't, weren't you know the invader or whatever. Yeah. But it, this is a really cool game. I mean there's a lot of really unique concepts like the uh the the ship stuff and the one the one time Me and my buddy were in the ship watching the map, watching our other buddy. You know, we were navigating him back to the ship. But I didn't realize the doors to the ship opened up after 30 minutes. They're on a timer or 30 seconds, I think it is. So I'm talking to my buddy in the ship and all of a sudden I just get iced and die. And I'm like, what happened? Well, it was because I was talking and one of those blind dogs heard me ran into the ship and killed oh. me <laughs> you know, right inside the ship. It was pretty cool. Um, yeah, really, really liking Lethal Company. And then I played this other game that uh, has been generating a lot of hype called SCP 5K. Uh, terrible. Absolutely bug ridden <laughs> piece of junk. I love oh. the SCP like Internet like, you know, Vortex. And I think
3: it's what control was uh, pretty much based yeah, on.
2: Yeah, exactly. Control was pretty much based on it. Control did it better, but um the SCP stuff is like really interesting. So me and my buddies got this game and it's just it's it's a buggy, incomplete mess. Now it isn't in like a it's an early access, but it's 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 too early to be even charging for it. So Wow. Yeah. I really recommend you guys get into Lethal Company. Lethal Company is uh all of fun. I'll have Toss to look it up. Buddies.
3: I need to see if my yeah. PC can run it. I also want to play at some point, um have you ever played Phasmophobia, that like co-op horror game that everybody talks about?
2: No, I never played it. Just because I think um fighting ghosts by taking pictures of them is lame. I prefer to just <laughs> hit them. You, know? you need fists? Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um well I know wasn't wasn't Elijah really into that?
3: Yeah, Elijah mm-hmm. loves that game. It's really popular. Um but I, I have not tried it yet.
2: Assuming ghosts are real, right? They're obviously real, yeah. Okay, so... We have one on this podcast. Just, he shows up once ever, every four months. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> has anyone ever just tried to like... You know, just... <clears throat> get out of my house, ghost. I'm sure. Like bug net, they like... Yeah, it's like, you know, come and get some, dude. Like, are we doing this or not? you be, you be flickering my lights and throwing stuff around? Like, like step up step up and, and get dropped. The
0: reason... The reason I think ghosts are real is I feel like every culture has a ghost story. Right? Like, there's no... That's true. There's no, like, civilization that hasn't, like, at least thought of the concept of a ghost and, like, I just don't know how creative people used to be. I assume pretty creative because, like, I bet they were really fucking bored. But, like, that had to come from somewhere, Right? And so it's the same thing, like, I think, like, dumplings are the universal food because every different culture has, like, okay, in Japan they have gyoza, in in China they have dumplings, in fucking Poland they have pierogi, in England they have pasties. Like, every culture figured out how to wrap meat with dough and then cook it to make it fucking delicious and perfect. So, like, if every culture came to that same conclusion, the fact that, like, every culture has ghost stories, I feel like they also came to the same conclusion that ghosts are real. That makes
3: sense. Dumplings and ghost stories, two
2: universal yeah, concepts.
0: Yeah, hand, hand, in, hand in hand,
2: yeah. Um, you think... Uh, go ahead, Seth. You think that maybe I've never been haunted because these motherfuckers are, like, in the corner of my room, like, talking to each other, being like, you you spook you, that guy. You I don't, you want, take I don't want to yes. do that. Yeah. Because they, you know, they're just watching me like shadow box in the garage. <laughs> I don't want that heat. Yeah, ghosts, get out of here.
3: Um, Just quickly here, Alden in the chat asks, are you guys still planning on doing a spoiler cast for Spider-Man 2? Probably not, if I had to guess. Yeah, probably not. Well.
0: I assume next week. Like At this point, okay. we're <laughs> half waiting for me to finish the game. I'm very good for finishing it. We're also half waiting for Coach to show up to an episode. So I think I'm going to finish it before Coach shows up. But also, I don't know, man. We talked about doing a spoiler cast for Jedi Survivor. That game came out in May. I don't know. I think
3: I'm
2: the only person oh. that finished it. Oh, Austin, you finished it, right?
3: No, I, I didn't really play much of that game at all.
0: Jedi Survivor? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I finished it. Oh, okay. Here's a spoiler. It's awesome. Play
0: it. It's fucking good. Yeah, dude. That's, that's a game that has 100 gigabytes on my ps5 and i'm like all right i should platinum this so i can delete that and get yeah. that 100 100 gbs back i
3: think i uninstalled it for that reason i'm pretty sure i did i need to go back to it though now that i know they released like the, a big patch like a month or two ago that's like finally makes it a solid 60 frames so i need to go back to it and try it but yeah anyway
2: um all right well on that note i don't even know where we were dude i have no idea where we were at but the game awards of this past week. Did you guys uh, follow any of the announcements? Monster I, Hunter. <laughs> yeah. I hate the name. What, what is it? Monster Hunter Wilds. Um,
1: Wilds. Yeah. Wilds.
2: yeah. Wilds. Stop saying that, dude. Stop. I'm so tired of Wilds. I feel like we, we got so many Wilds games. I feel also, like none of them were good.
3: Why does it need to be plural? Like, they could have yeah. named it Monster Hunter Wild. And that would have made sense because it's monsters.
2: But like, yeah. Wilds, Why? Why? Monster Dragon Hunter in, oh. in the wild, you know. <laughs> How about Monster Hunter Worlds too? Because that's what it looked like. You know, come on. <laughs> that's what I felt. I was like, well, hey, you know, this the this first
3: is... the first one was Monster Hunter World. So what if they named it Monster Hunter Worlds?
2: Monster hunter Solar System.
0: Monster Hunters.
2: <laughs> yeah, Monster Hunters. <laughs> that's not a bad <laughs>
0: idea. I mean that that is the most logical sequel is Monster <laughs>
2: Hunters. <laughs> that's like um, the I'll only thing though that I was excited there for. Was, there was that game. Uh, there was a, there was a few games showed off that I thought was like pretty impressive. The first one that I, I, I thought was really cool was Exodus. That game looks dope. Wizards of the Coast published. Skeptical. I'm 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 watching this being like, this is awesome. Right? Mood immediately flips when I see the Wizards of the Coast logo at the end. I'm like, where's the monetization? Um what Not are you gonna that. sell me on?
0: I mean, that they just like fired eleven 1, hundred people. Hasbro did like their parent company, so it's like places a yeah. fucking mess right now.
2: Yeah, well, I, I feel like Wizards of the Coast has been kind of a mess for like last five years. Like, where were, when did the fun Wizards of the Coast go away? Fifteen years ago, maybe um, a decade ago.
0: I the fun Wizards of the Coast, because like the last I think like truly great Magic the Gathering set was probably Cons of Tarkir, which was like 20, 2014, 2015 ish. That was when they brought fetch lines back and. Kinda of fucked up their game, to be honest. But uh but it was fun, is the point. And then after that they kind of figured out how to like obviously card games always kind of like a gotcha mechanic, right? That's the nature of it. But man, they fucking dialed it up to eleven after that, because that was when I started doing like the set called um Modern Masters, which was like just reprints of like the most expensive cards and they Stopped charging three ninety nine, which was standard at the time, they started charging seven ninety nine. And then the second set came out and they started charging nine ninety nine. And then after that, they actually got rid of MSRP and just let uh, stores set the price for however much they wanted to charge for them. And, Like that's that. where we are, that's like where we are now with Magic the Gathering, which is why I, I stopped fucking buying Magic the Gathering. I like can't do it anymore, man. It's it's there's too much product, they just drown everything. They're like, we need to squeeze every possible cent that a customer could have. At all fucking times, and it's just disgusting.
2: That's and and that was that's my feeling with D and D as well. They've done the same thing to D and D, and um, dude, like the miniature figures for D and D, the price they charge for them is abhorrent. It's like disgusting, and um, and like I don't know, man, the whole book situation and and it just it they just strike me as like a, a company that's just like trying to squeeze you dry right really milk you and I, i'm just not i'm not a fan of it and also Ooh. so i don't know but that Exodus game does look real good getting matthew mcconaughey in there <laughs> all right all right i mean like yeah he all right, was, like, all the right, all right. in interstellar so like in the game does give off strong interstellar vibes but like do we really need to play off that that hard you no know, whatever um you know i'll say
3: admittedly sorry to go back to what i said earlier i said i was only excited for monster hunter but looking through the list of announcements there were actually more games announced here than, it, than i remember to be honest
2: um yeah it was there was it, there was a uh, quite a few like like solid announcements mm-hmm. game awards
3: how do you feel the, about the new dragon ball game weird i feel weird about it Because here's why it's like the budokai
0: kind of yeah. series again yeah, why why didn't they just call it Budokai too? It not not Budokai number two, but Budokai as well. Why didn't they just call it that?
2: Because in Japan the Budokai games were called Sparking. Oh. So that's why so it they changed the name. Yeah, they changed the name from Budokai 4 to the, the Sparking game. Um I feel weird because they're still supporting Xenoverse 2. And they've been supporting Xenoverse two for a long time. And now, granted, it's it's time. Xenoverse two looks old. Yeah, yeah, it looks old, and I don't know. And they're also like the they released a lot of DLC for Kakarot, which is great. Um, and we have fighters that came out, and that fighters is like a really great fighting game. So you're going to ask people to let go of Xenoverse two, move on to this new game, which is. Let's be honest. A, a different age, this game is not going to have a full roster. It's probably not going to have all the characters they liked in Budokai uh, or Xenoverse Two. And they're you're going to ask them to repay for the characters that they probably just bought because they keep really... Xenoverse Two. Probably has close to two hundred characters at this point, point. and it's like, yeah, wow, they, dude, I mean, that think, game came yeah. out like seven, eight years ago at this point. Yeah, at least well,
0: it's, the, it's the same problem with Smash Brothers, right? Where it's just like you really there's how many people in, like, Smash Brothers Ultimate? Like, thinking to sell people a fucking new one and make them buy all these characters again?
2: Yeah, exactly. Like, so, there, I haven't seen anything in it that makes me feel like it's, like, this groundbreaking Dragon Ball game. And I'll be honest. I do not need to play through the Dragon Ball story again. I can't do it, dude. I, I've done it so many times, I just cannot dude, do it anymore. That's every <laughs> single game
3: they release. It's always
2: the same. Yeah, Why? I, and... A Kakarot pretty much broke me. I was like skipping through cutscenes and Kakarot and stuff because I'm like, I I don't care. I, I like, know what it says. I know. Yeah. <laughs> like like I'm not some amateur over here, but yeah. I mean it, it, the gameplay looks solid. It looks looks pretty cool. Um, the new Legend of Mana game though. Whoa. Gorgeous, dog, gorgeous, dude. Absolute ball, Frank's hot dog. I am in, buddy.
0: Is that what your favorite announcement?
2: Cool. I think so. I think so, dude, because it, it, I may have liked the uh rebirth stuff more, but turned it off, looked away, right? I don't want to I don't want to see any, any more rebirth, right? I'm already in. Mm-hmm. Square Enix, bad habit of like showing off their big portions of their games.
0: Say less. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Just hey, it's Final Fantasy VII Remake. You guys don't need to promote it. It's there. Yeah. It's also the second part.
0: Um it's funny, I've been listening to a lot like just out of podcasts, listening to like old Beyonds, and it's like Colin just saying, like, All you have to do is just remake Final Fantasy 7, and it's just amazing. It's like, All right, cool. And like 11 years later, yeah, <laughs> like,
2: yeah, Square Enix, they're starting to get their feet back under them a little bit, but for like a decade, they've just been like a laughing stock of just bad decisions. Um, it's crazy because we were just talking about this because Coach was asking about Final Fantasy 15, and. Dude, they were this close getting it to nailing Final Fantasy Fifteen. Absolutely, with the deal, and they like they canceled the DLC that was gonna that was gonna take it the rest of the way. They were so close. You guys already spent a decade working on it. Why didn't you just cross the finish line? Whatever, I don't know, man. Um, I I spent an unlimited amount of hours talking about Final Fantasy Fifteen, but.
3: Well, Man, I, I will say though on that topic, just while we're on it, the sixteen DLC was
2: shown yeah. off. Part Did you, one is I know out. You bought it? Did you play it yet, Austin? Uh,
3: not, uh, not very much to be honest. I jumped into it, but was like, I need to, I need to hold off on this until I'm ready also, for it.
0: Also, really quick, uh, twenty four ninety nine for the season pass, nine ninety nine for this DLC. Kind of, kind of love that pricing. That feels yeah. like. Yeah. Um, feels like 2012 pricing for dlc sweet spot
3: that. Yeah. a good sweet spot yeah now admittedly i think the first one from my understanding is only about three to four hours long so it's not like a crazy length but i'd still say 10 bucks for that is is worth it i'm, in okay, my with opinion. That. I'm okay with that length dude yeah
0: It's like dude, a movie you, ticket yeah
2: mm-hmm. you you drop me three to four hour content patches of final fantasy 16 every quarter yeah. i'm in there dude like I will, I will be there every single time. If if mm-hmm. you if you give me like quality boss fights and story beats, three to four hours, I'm totally cool with that. Dude, yeah. totally cool.
3: So, so part um, part two, which obviously is not out yet, I think Yoshi P said something the other day about how it's going to be about ten hours. So that's yeah. like a pretty significant expansion.
0: Is yeah. okay. So that was the director of Final Fantasy XVI.
3: Mm-hmm. Producer,
0: also the director of Final Fantasy 14? Mm-hmm. Yes. When, is he, when does that man sleep? I
2: don't know. <laughs> okay. He's a, he's an absolute workhorse. Absolute workhorse. I'm excited um, to see what
3: happens, though, because just for context, both of these DLCs are are spliced into the main story right before the final I, sequence. So it's not, it's not post-game content. It's like, essentially, I'm assuming at some point they'll release like a complete edition of the game. This will just be kind of part of the main story, essentially. So,
0: so. I've not finished okay. the main story of Final Fantasy 16 yet. So, uh, this is perfect timing.
2: Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um I it's it's one of my biggest gaming pet peeves is when companies release yeah, content in the middle of the campaign cuz I'm now I'm like I don't just, now I got to go back to this weird time and I already know what happens at the end of this and it's like
0: Well, that was that was a tough part with uh, Mass Effect 3 releasing like yeah. the Citadel shit cuz it's like yeah, I mean the story could have gone one way where like, yeah, post-game DLC doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, you know. Um Yeah. But uh I don't know. Also, I just happy to get it too. Like I just I hope there's a way to just launch into it directly.
2: Yeah. There's gotta be, right? I just want I just want like a battle mode in Final Fantasy 16. That's what I want. Dude, that combat's so good. Mm-hmm. And like, especially with the with the icons or whatever they called them in 16, it's so good. Let me just give me a mode where I can just oh, jump sure. in there and just have some fun you know that's what i want
3: that's true there should be like a boss rush mode or something
2: like that yeah. that'd be a lot of fun
0: let me fight Koopka 17 times in one day
2: yeah exactly exactly so um man and then, really quick
0: really quick my favorite announcement that uh sega remake section yeah oh, what
1: yeah. the heck was that that's crazy i know i don't
0: know but they're saying all the fucking right things to me where they're like we kind of just want to go back to our dreamcast days and be fucking weird i'm like uh-huh yeah <laughs> save more okay we got shinobi golden axe crazy taxi streets of rage and jet set radio remixes okay yeah. all right you're you're saying some right things now hit hey, where, where's fucking c-man where's a little where's a little choo-choo rocket
3: where's sonic adventure 3 okay that's what i need to know
0: stinger yeah where's all this weird shit from back in the day that i remember seeing at toys r us being like oh man i wish i were mature so i could play this game it's like no that actually wasn't the problem the problem was that um even my mom knew to not buy me a sega dreamcast because she's like no i've I've read in business journal that it's not doing (laughs) uh so like that part made me so fucking excited like just um Dude, the, the Shinobi
3: game looks like gorgeous. Looks, looks great, right? It yeah. looks great.
0: And like it my Golden Axe might be fun for the first time in its history ever. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very looking forward to that.
2: Dude, that's funny because I so agree that Golden Axe was never fun. It's and never really been good. No,
0: I tried Golden so much. The only reason people say they like Golden Axe is because somewhere Golden Axe is holding their child hostage. And if you yeah. don't say nice things about Golden Axe, they will kill their child. Like that's the only logical explanation for why someone would like golden axe
2: well because like i had that um i don't know how you guys played it but i had that six-pack sega genesis uh set and golden axe was on there and i think
0: streets of rage probably yeah
2: yeah streets of rage was on there and i I forget what else but i remember i always tried to like golden axe and i'm like no lies from your (laughs) grave yeah Yeah, Um, stupid uh, that um, happened
0: uh we yeah. saw my favorite fake trailer for a game that doesn't exist we saw marvel's blade too
2: yeah oh yeah yeah what yeah. is up with that
0: that's from arcane leon right like the, the yeah yep. people, people guys into dishonored yep yeah um yeah that game's not coming up blade?
2: blade really i don't know i'm open to I'm it never- I've never just, been excited for Blade except when Wesley Snipes was was that's playing. The it.
0: That's the thing. There's no attachment to the character, right? Like it's not like a movie tie on, a tie in. Especially because like that movie, I don't think Mahershala Ali is supposed to be in it anymore. Like the movie took too long to get off the ground. It went through so many rewrites, so many like director shifts. So that movie's a fucking mess. So it's not a tie in. It's just like okay, what if we took the concept of vampire and daywalker and actually tried to make the best game we could about it? Yeah. So the fact that it's not tied into any kind of outside expectations, any kind of outside development influence. I'm thrilled about it. I also just the same thing when we saw that trailer for Wolverine. I'm like, okay, this game is like fucking an idea at this point. Like this trailer is probably the most (laughs) that exists about this.
3: Dude, knowing how long it took them with Deathloop. I'm sure that game is. Ages away. Yeah, it's going to be a while. But yeah, I mean, I think just knowing Arcane and what they've done in the past, I think it makes sense The you know, Mm -hmm. what they could do with that character. Although, when they said it was third person, I was like, hmm. I don't know how I feel it's about that, but weird, we'll right? see. Yeah, it's a little weird. Yeah.
2: I'm not I'm not an arcane guy. I've, I've come to realize that. I really tried to like the Dishonored games because it reminded me of Bioshock in, in a Bioshockless yeah. era. And um, I just I wasn't into it. And then I never played Deathloop because I heard Deathloop wasn't very good. But then I heard Deathloop was good. I loved it. It's, uh, I don't know. Yeah. No. it is.
0: It is good. It's just not... It's not the first time you played Bioshock good.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Any game that makes me lose progress. I I just I don't like, you know, Yeah. not a big fan of Roguelikes. So. All right. Anything anything else from the from the show that.
3: Just the only other thing I'll say is the Herald of Darkness performance from the old gods of Asgard with Sam Lake on stage. Excellent. That so glad they were able to do that.
2: Yeah. I turned it off because I, 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 I took a break from Alan Wake and I was like, I don't wanna I I know this is probably gonna be in the game, so
3: yeah, no, that's a good thing. I'm I'm glad you did that because it's a great sequence in the game. Yeah. Great sequence.
2: Yeah. Um we got Baldur's Gate, for- Baldur's Gate three dethrones Legend of Zelda. Didn't yeah. see it coming, dude, honestly. Deserved I, it, did not see it coming. I saw it coming. Saw it coming, are you kidding me? I, I can't believe <laughs> Mario Wonder
0: was nominated to be completely honest like that that slot should have been final fantasy 16 i think or starfield like one of those two games and just because like ambition should matter no offense mm -hmm. nintendo like you're masters of your craft but like you didn't fundamentally do anything that different than what you've done in the past whereas starfield tried to do something new final fantasy 16 i feel like tried to do something new but i have limited experience with final fantasy so feel free to correct me if it didn't try to do anything new but like or if they're just masters of their
2: craft. Final Fantasy tried to do something new by getting you like a, a good absolutely Fantasy. melt your brain during boss fights, and, and and like blow the roof off of your house out of excitement. Yeah, that sure. that's that's the kind of thing that I, Final Fantasy 16 did that was new.
3: Not a single award for for Spider-Man 2, by the way, when it was up for like eight or nine nominations, which is interesting. But dude,
2: here here's the thing though, right? Like, I think that. Any other year, Spider-Man 2 cleans house, but in a year that was filled with absolute like hard bangers, as hard as you can imagine, Spider-Man 2 didn't like, like overwhelm in any specific category, you know, it was, it was a great game, but in every category, it was like just great. Whereas like you think about like the music and like the, the boss fights of Final Fantasy 16, right? Like it's far above Spider-Man 2 and like the um, personality and depth of like Baldur's Gate 3. And it's like, you know, it's just Spider-Man 2 would have cleaned house any other year, I think. It's just this wasn't the year that yeah. it, they, sh- they should have been around.
0: I don't um, disagree with you. So. so. Also, yeah. most importantly, uh February sixteenth, twenty twenty four, we got a release date for uh, Skull and Bones. That's exciting,
2: will right? <laughs> be I'll delight. believe it when I see it, dude. Yeah, I'll yeah. believe it when I see it. <laughs> Same. Also, what, do you, what do you think happened like that game comes out and clearly flops, I think. So wh- <laughs> what happens then? I, I mean I don't know,
0: because like that, that studio Six gets shut down immediately. Rainbow Six came out and they just kept working on it and this feels like that except they didn't let anyone touch it before they started working on it. Yeah. You know, like they're just like, oh fuck, we gotta fix this before we ship it. Yeah. So like, I don't know, like the pirate stuff was good in uh, Odyssey, right? Like the ship combat was good. So I'm also like, yes, like, you're probably overthinking this. Like, you don't need to do too much. Like, just come up with context for why you're in shit battles. And I think that's pretty much all people yeah. wanted five years ago when you announced this game. And it's hard to say what uh, five. what they want now. Was it long like, I thought
2: it was like 10, dude. Dude, it's been ages. Yeah, Hold on, I'm yeah. going to look it up. Yeah. It's got, uh, dude, I'm so sure Skull and Bones was announced like right after Assassin's Creed 4. I'm so sure.
0: No, it says here 2017.
3: E through 2017. So it's been. Six and a half years, I guess.
0: Okay, my bad. Six years. Sorry, guys. I'm I'm, I'm fucking sorry. E3 2017, we're not going to be able to see an E3 2024 announcement or anything. No,
2: because latest update. E3 is dead, dude. That is a a doornail. Yeah, dude. I can't believe it took him this long, right? I mean... It's been done for a while. Yeah, I'm surprised it wasn't. Been...
3: They didn't announce this last year, honestly. After everybody pulled out, I mean, was there like anybody at E3 last year? I know there were a few like smaller companies, but they didn't even the, have it, did they? Huh? I thought they did, but I could be wrong.
0: I don't think they did. I mean, E3 is just so expensive for a company, so it's like okay, I understand like the branding of E3 resonates with people, but like, why would EA pay? Hundreds of thousands, if not more than that, just for the opportunity to talk under a branded event. Yeah. when like they're fucking uh. EA, like Battlefield means something. They have Star Wars games. Same with Nintendo, same with PlayStation. And I I miss like the decentralization of video game announcements. I do like it was always really exciting like that week because it was usually like around the time basketball ended, at least for my team, it'd get knocked out of the playoffs. And so it's like something to look forward to, where it's just like a week of just like the nerdiest shit, you know, like just the most exciting shit. And like, that's great. But like, I feel like we unfortunately have just moved beyond that at this point where like now it's just spread out over the summer. Microsoft will take June. Ubisoft will do early July. Sony will do late August. You know, like it's just it's it's not the same, but it's fundamentally the same as much of a bummer as that is. But like Jeff Keighley is also like, I assume that's still happening next yeah, June. It's sure. not going to be called e- E3,
2: right? Summer Games fast. By because the way, the just, like- just
3: to say they did cancel it this year. There are so many people pulled out that they were just like, oh, never yeah. mind. So they, they haven't done a physical one since 2019.
2: Hmm. Yeah, so just I think I think. They were gonna die anyway, but COVID really just like you know popped them twice in the back because then they couldn't have people there, and it's like yeah, um, yeah. I think that I like Summer Games Fest. My problem with, with the way Keeley does his announcements, and I, I felt this way about the Game Awards as well, is that he treats every announcement like they're equal, you know. And a lot of times, I'm like, I, I don't care about this. You know, let's stop doing this. Also, just wanted to say this real quick. The OD announcement from Kojima. Back off. All right, take it easy. Take it easy, dude. And he, dude, he's so. You, you guys already know this. I'm not a Kojima guy. I think I think the Kojima hype is overblown. He's so full of himself, dude. Can't take it. Can't take it. Pretentious motherfucker. Can't take it. Sure. Yeah
3: here's the the, by the just my comment on that the fact that that segment was like 10 minutes long and everybody else had a 15 second speech it's kind of ridiculous
0: yeah so yeah yeah but at the same time like those announcements pay for this shit to happen sure that's true which is the disappointing part like i understand that uh modern art consumer art is like the meeting place of creativity and commerce i get that yeah it's just fucking man, like can you just pretend it's a little bit more about creativity once in a while? <laughs> like because we do it we know it's about commerce when it's like the fucking MPDs come out like we know that's about commerce so, like maybe maybe every once in a while we can just pretend it's about the art
2: I agree um but yeah so how how do you guys feel about e three uh just done now? It's sad to me because like I gotta be honest, I'm not a big fan
3: of summer games fest I think Primarily the reason for that is I like the fact that with E3, you know, it was a situation where you knew you had these five days and the biggest announcements of the year were all going to come in those five days. There's just excitement about that. I think the problem I have with Summer Games Fest now is everything's so spread out and it's not just Keeley, it's, you know, Nintendo and Xbox and Sony all having their own respective events like spread throughout the summer i on one hand it's nice to have it all spread out but at the other hand the excitement behind all of that in a single week you know it's just never going to be there again you know there there was something about waking up and being like oh you know certainly when i was younger when it was like i was in high school and i was on summer break certainly waking up in the first or second week of june and going oh this is e3 week I'm going to watch these three conferences straight for seven hours today. Tomorrow, I'm going to watch these two conferences. The next day I'm going to watch these two conferences. There's just some excitement to that that I feel day like
0: I, day after that, I'm going to go to GameStop and pre-order two of the things right. I saw that I can afford. <laughs> right.
3: I feel like the excitement for these events just is not the same, at least for me. I, I, I'm sure that other people probably feel otherwise, but it's uh, definitely more dull, in my opinion, compared to how it used to be, you know, 10 years ago, I think really like the PS3 yeah. era was when it really shined,
2: in my opinion. It's like the um the dude from the Ahsoka show where he's like, I miss the idea of it, <laughs> but not the weakness. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, the last the last few E3s were pretty rough, I think. For
0: sure. It's tough. Yeah. Like, I I've been taking a break from Twitter lately, I, like haven't really been on in the last two weeks. It's been fucking awesome, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I realize I like. Um, I kind of just use it as, like, a public journal at this point where I just kind of talk about what I'm doing, and I don't really use it for how it was intended to. And, man, I used to love Twitter and I would argue with people, and then I realized how fucking empty it made me feel to argue with people. So I just kind of, like, stopped paying attention to it. And now, like, I I never thought I could quit Twitter. Now I'm like, yeah, I could probably delete it, and I'd be okay. Um, The same thing with E3, where it's, like, I just can't imagine a world where it's not the way it was, right, with all three. And, like, the second I stopped caring about who won E3, I feel like that was when E3 started to go downhill. Because it used to be so much fun to be like, well, Nintendo had the best conference, but the Wii sucks. You know, like, just all these, like, minute, granular conversations you could have were like, Mm -hmm. yeah, uh, Infamous 2, I know they talked about it, and it already released, like, two weeks ago. But, man, that trailer was cool, and, like, I'm definitely picking it up now. Like, there was... All these conversations that would stem out of just, like, people basically predicting what would make someone shit their pants with excitement. And just, like, either seeing them be 100% right or just completely misjudge the fucking room. Which was, like, a, a level of, like, cringe apathy that like I loved, you know, just like watching Microsoft think they hit a home run when they had like those weird dancers or whatever, Ubisoft, whoever (laughs) had like those weird aerial dancers. It was like, oh man, you guys had the fucking wrong idea of cool this year. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Dude. And then, like, being able to compare them. And, like, now that you can't compare them, there's no fucking point to E3. Like, as exciting as it is, you're a 1,000% right. All this shit happening in a week is so incredible. But the fact that I can't be like, well, fuck, Activision really wiped the floor with EA or Ubisoft. Oh, man, it looks like rough waters ahead for them. It's PlayStation just kicked Microsoft's ass. But don't count out until, like, the fact that you don't have that conversation anymore... As soon as I stopped arguing like caring about those arguments E3 was not the same for me.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, I'll never forget just how awful the Ubisoft conferences were. Right? they were like, always bad. Always bad. Oh my god. You guys remember the the laser tag one or whatever yes. it was they were, they were like running around the, the audience be like <laughs> <laughs> And it's
0: they would always pull in like Aisha Tyler who I fucking love Aisha yeah. Tyler and it's like I feel so bad for you like I feel like you're stepping into, like, more my world than your world right now, and I feel so bad that my world did this to you, because you seem great. It's such a bummer. I actually covered an E3 one year. I covered 2014. That was the year of uh, I was covering, like, the PlayStation conference that year. I covered, like, Uncharted 4, Arkham Knight. I think Dead Island 2 was, like, first announced then, and that game just came out this year, which is kind of amazing. Um... uh... Metal Gear Solid Five, I think. But I covered all this shit, and like, I was originally not supposed to go to E3 because they didn't have like a pass for me. And then everyone was traveling the night of the conference, so I was the only person writing news articles for the website. And because I wrote like twelve in a row, they were like, "Okay, we need to get this fucking guy into E3." And I was—I ended up like hosting all these people in my apartment who like couldn't get hotels.
2: That's pretty and
0: sweet. Random website, like these people who I'd never met, and like one of those people. Was Fabio, who's like since become like one of my all time best friends, talk to him every day kind of deal. So I, I love E3. I'm always thankful for E3. It's not the same, but uh, Mm -hmm. thank you for everything you've given us over the years, E3.
3: I miss all the funny like moments too and the cringy moments. You know, the Kevin Butler walking out uh, during that Sony conference is so iconic. And then you've got the, it wasn't even on stage, but just it was part of that culture the Shuhei Yoshida and Adam boys here's how you share a game on PlayStation You're right. You're right. video and it's it's one of them handing the game to the other which was excellent but the cringy like tech mess ups too were always amusing you had oh, Skyward yeah. Sword when that was announced yeah, Miyamoto,
0: yeah. Oh, yes. poor bastard, he was like yeah. everybody
3: please can you like turn off your wi-fi because he was trying to use the wi-mote and it just was not it was not working
0: was it, was it not E3 where David David Jaffe came out in Sweet Tooth's van for? Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. I forgot was about that. Yeah.
2: That is so cool. Um, you know, my favorite era of E3 though was definitely the G4 era because that was so fun, dude. You just you that week you turned on G4 and it was there was always like an interview or you know they were going in depth on a preview for a trailer for a game or something and it was nonstop, and they recorded everything dude and um and i was big fan big fan of that
3: yeah there's i don't don't know there's just there's so much from like e3 memories that i can think of i mean like i said i just remember every summer because really when it when it it was in its prime time i mean i was still in school so i had nothing going on in first week or two of june
2: it was the summer you just turn on G4 yeah. and just watch it all. And then if you guys remember uh Kind of Funny did this, sort of a similar thing at the uh, GameSpot the first year. Yeah. And they never did it again probably because they were like, wow, this sucks. <laughs> this is exhausting <laughs> and this sucks. Yeah. Um but yeah, I I uh I miss those days. But all good things come to an end. That's right. Including right. this show because I, 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 I don't think like we have, have anything podcast. else to talk about. <laughs>
3: Sadly, though, like you said, though, it was pretty bad the last few years. Just for for clarity, so
2: yeah. Um, <laughs> dude, I think I think once the, the the big companies like started pulling out, like it was probably it was pretty much done, right? Like even even go well, back, going back as far as like Nintendo, once Nintendo started, yeah. stopped stop doing conferences, I think. Well, the, that, the, the whole that,
0: that fucking Skyward Sword demo where he had to keep like putting the controller down upside down to uh to get it to recalibrate. Yep. Yeah. Oh, crazy. No, right. but like there has to, like the way you said it, though, like the the G4 E3 being the best. Like that's the best because it was centralized, right? Because mm-hmm. like everything was stemming out of one place. And I remember those E3s, E3 three E man. Like, that was the first time I saw Gears of War ever was, like, on TV, which is, like, fucking nuts to think about, right? That, like, on a cable TV show, you saw Gears of War for the first time. You saw Assassin's Creed for the first time. I saw Knights of the Old Republic 2 for the first time, you know? All this shit that's, like, has no place on any kind of legacy media anymore. And it's just, like, insane how, not just important it was, but how total it was, you know? Like, yeah, man, that was the only TV channel I watched for a week every June in, in yeah. high school. It's fucking insane that like, yeah, now I'll just like I just have Wario 64 notifications on my phone. You know, like <laughs> that's all I do now. That's how yep. I get 90 percent of my news.
2: Is that is that a guy or is that like automated? Because it's a guy. I was, he's so good. It's a guy, and he gets
0: paid for a lot of the things that he advertises, and He's so he so actually good. he actually has in a fucking insane net worth. Just like I've I had friends who still work in the games industry, and they've told me that like they've tried to like get to the bottom of that, and they're just like, "Oh, he makes so much money."
2: <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, wow, I
0: believe it." <sighs> I mean, those are all basically like affiliate links, right? So like, yeah. there's a yeah. JRPG hey. that comes out for fourteen ninety nine and. yeah people buy it or if
3: he's like hey this amiibo is up right now on amazon you can go buy it all the hundreds of people that are gonna go buy that he's gonna get a cut so it's crazy
2: Mm. you know what else is crazy this podcast ending gentlemen i think i think it's that time you guys have anything else you want to talk about
0: i love you. love you i don't have anything
2: me either I think, it's, I think I think it's time. I don't know how to end this now. Enjoyed talking to you. Thank you for listening. See you
1: later. Thanks for listening to this episode of Frame Skip. Don't forget you can find the show on social media at Frameskip Pod. That's on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also follow us each individually on Twitter. George is at Shortbox Summary. Seth is at Seth the 90s Kid, and I, Austin Eller, am at Austin J Eller on Twitter. If you've got a question, comment, or topic you'd like to hear discussed on the next episode of Frame Skip, you can do so by submitting it to us on social media, email us at frameskippodcast at gmail.com, or visit bit.ly slash frameskipq. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash frameskipq. The show is typically live on YouTube every week, either on Tuesday or Wednesday. You can find our YouTube channel at bit.ly slash frameskip live. Don't forget to subscribe and be notified when we do go live, typically at about 8 p.m. Eastern time. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.